I couldn't wait to be here this morning to share some amazing truth and insight about the Holy Spirit with you guys. Right, so um, because I have a very limited time this morning to do this, I'm trying to keep stacking into time as much as possible. Right, so I may not be able to uh, go back and, uh, re- I mean, touch on the things I've shared previously about the spirit of truth. Right, so please avail yourself to those messages online, um, on our church website, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, in the past two weeks about the spirit of truth. I've taken my time to lay the foundation to help you guys understand that we are so much bombarded and constantly bombarded with lies about our identity in Christ, about who God is, about Christianity, you know, even about life in the womb, which I'm going to be touching on tonight at 7 p.m., right? You don't want to miss that. So if people have been throwing abortion in your face and have been trying to talk you down in order to talk themselves into it or in order to make themselves feel very comfortable to handle that topic in a very ungodly way and confuse people you want to be um you want to be with us this evening at 7 p.m uh so if you go on our facebook page uh you find the events there and you can just um uh get yourself interested in it i, I can't remember how exactly facebook put it so that you can receive a reminder when I go live in the evening. Amen. Amen. So the spirit of truth. So all of this is coming in at the, at the right time, I believe, as we are led by the spirit to talk about truth. And also showing us the place of the Holy Spirit in showing and telling us the truth about things. And I've defined truth as uh, the state of how things truly are, how things, how things really exist, not an assumed um way that's not working not okay not, not an assumption of what things are but how things truly are right and i've also also tried to help us understand that the fact that some people call something true does not mean is the truth right so you need to verify the source of the things you hear who is who is speaking to you what are they trying to say to you right and why are they saying those things to you so because behind every movie you watch every news you watch every book you read any content you consume there is an author and your author has an intention but i can tell you that the only author in the world or that ever existed or in the universe that ever exists or that ever existed i'm talking about god now who will never confuse you or deceive you is god and I'm surprised why Jesus said in the book of John chapter 17, he said, your word is truth. And I'm not talking about the accounts, the events, that, you know, documenting the Bible, but the words inspired by the Holy Ghost. Not, uh, not like what Job said that the Lord give it and take it. What Job said there was based on his perception of who's behind the situation going on in his life. And not like what Jacob said to one of his wife, as a Rachel, when she was barren, when Rachel you know, demanded of Jacob to give him a child, and Jacob said, oh, my God, who had, who had made you barren? You know, those, those words that people say there are just what they thought. So believers should not confuse people's statement in certain instances as the word of God. Right. So you can see that there's, there's a lot for believers to know, for, for believers to understand and not be careless about reading the Bible, finding out what the truth is. Right, so the word of God is truth. So we need to, even as we read the Bible, we need to, you know, be able to dis- differentiate between the word spoken by the Holy Ghost 
through people and the words of that person's thought. An example is Peter. You know, when Jesus asked his disciples, so who do people say I am? And they told him what people what some people say about, about him. And he asked him, so who do you think I am? And Peter said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, he said, who? Peter, flesh and blood, which means human. You didn't receive that revelation from human beings. Human beings did not, receive, did not reveal that to you. But my father in heaven has revealed that to you. Don't take your time. I didn't plan this. Now, so Peter spoke, talking about the identity of Jesus, who Jesus was. He spoke when he said Jesus is Christ, the son of the living God, right? He spoke as it was from the revelation that he had received from God. And shortly afterwards, when Jesus told him he was, was going to die, and he shared his purpose with the people, and Peter took him aside and rebuked him, trying to speak against the will of the Father, because maybe in his mind he's thinking, "How ah, no, you are a great man. You know, you are healing people. You are raising the dead. How would you die? Why would you die? You'll be a loss to humanity. You know, it might be, it might be those kind of thoughts running on his mind. And Jesus had to rebuke him. And do you know how Jesus rebuked him? Jesus said, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Now Jesus did not call um, Peter Satan. Do you know what he called Satan? The words coming out, the source of the word that G- that Peter spoke were from the devil in his mind, based on his, men- in his, his inspiration, his mental conception. So we got to be careful because in, right in the Bible, there are words of God spoken by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and they were spoken by human beings. Likewise, in the world we live in today, like I gave an example of newspapers, you read news magazines, you read news, you read, uh, the news you listen to, what you watch, the movies you watch. Likewise, in those movies, in those content, there is a source. Who is the source of what you're hearing? The devil or God? Amen. So let's bear that in mind. So, but today I'm sh- I'm trying to share with you the spirit of truth, right? Who is the spirit from God? Who will never, 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 never deceive you? Amen. So uh, we'll be reading from John chapter 14 and John chapter 16 today. John 14 and John 16. So from John 14, we'll read from verse 15 to 17. John 14, 15 to 17. Excuse me. John 14, 15 to 17. So I have, I think, the NIV here. And this is... um. Okay. Let me try to wait for you guys. When you guys get that, let me know. You there? Okay, I'll read the NIV. He said, uh, 15. If you love me, keep my command. And I will ask the Father... And we give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Verse 17. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Now, he said the world cannot what? The world cannot no, we not cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus is talking about the spirit of truth here. And the interesting thing is that he didn't call him a spirit of truth. So not a variation, not a version, not something. 
but the spirit of truth, the source of truth. So the spirit of God is the source of truth. By the way, the spirit of God, you know, is the source of truth. No, no, okay, let me, I'm, I'm trying to rephrase that, phrase that properly. Now, God is the source of truth. God is truth, right? And the spirit of God draws from the source, draws from God. And what he shares with us is truth. So the spirit of God is, you know, shares truth. Is I'm struggling with English this morning. I don't want to call him just a source of truth, but for the believer, the Holy Spirit is a source of truth. He's one who shows you, he's one who tells you, he's one who brings to you the things of God. Amen. Amen. So let's um, jump into John 16, 12 to 15, and I'll begin to unpack a few things in the in these verses. John 16. Uh, 12. Sorry, guys. 12. Fantastic. Now, it's still in the NIV. Now, listen to what Jesus says. Uh, let, me, let me read King James, please. Uh, let, let's try New King James. Because there are certain words there I want to, I want to emphasize on. So, to make it easier to read for the kids and church today. Let's use New King James so you don't hear, see it, see it, touch it. Amen. So New King James Version, let's use that one. Verse 12. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come. I repeat that line. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. I repeat, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he is, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Let me pause there a little bit. So why I was struggling earlier on about as to the Holy Spirit being the source of truth is that I don't want to confuse some guys because when I read this verse, you'll be like, but you said the Holy Spirit is one who is the source of truth. But Jesus is saying here that, you know, we take of him, right? And that's why I try to help you guys to understand that the Holy God is truth. God is truth. And his spirit, which is a connect, kind of connecting link between us and himself, right, is truth. And if that spirit is from God, the only thing he will tell us is truth. So for the believer, if you want to know the truth, right, you need to engage the Holy Spirit because he's the only one who can give you the accurate representation or accurate presentation of how things really exist. Have I balanced my statement there? If anybody's unclear, please shout out, make a comment, and I'll take it again. Amen. So let's take it now from verse 15. Okay, uh, no, verse 14, I'll take for verse 14. Next. Verse 14 says, it reads, It will glorify me, for it will take of what is mine and declare to you. So that tells you, in a sense, there that Jesus is the source of truth. Jesus said, Myself and my Father are one, John 10 30. So if, if, it, if I say, 
God is a source of truth. I also mean Jesus is a source of truth because Jesus is God come in human form. Amen. Jesus is God come in human form. And Jesus said, whatever he does are the things he, saw his, he sees his father do. Amen. So 14, I'll take that again. He said, he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I say, I said that it would take of mine and declare it to you. Amen. So a few words I want us to begin to um, explore this morning. So from John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17, the Bible says it there that the world cannot accept or cannot receive the spirit of truth. So that should question us. Oh, that should make us question. So, what is the world? What does the Bible mean about the world? I'll make it very simple to you. There are two kingdoms in the universe. Let me put it that way. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Or there are two systems in existence. The systems of God and the systems of darkness. The systems of God is a system of truth, peace, joy, life, healing. The systems of darkness puts people in bondage, different kind of bondage, mental bondage, spiritual bondage, emotional bondage, all forms of bondage. Now, if a person is not engrafted, if a person is not in God's family, if a person is not born again, what I mean is this, to be in the kingdom of God, to be in the system of God is to be born again like Jesus said to Nicodemus in the book of John chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. Except you, except you are born again, you cannot come into the family of God. You cannot come into the kingdom of God. You cannot come into the system of God. You cannot participate of the spirit of God. Amen. So anyone who is not in the family of God through new birth, that belong to the world. Friends, there's no in-between. There's no gray area. There's no sitting on the fence. This world is either black or white. So when people tell you shades of gray, that is in coloring. But in the kingdom of God, there are no shades of the kingdom of darkness. You know, you, you may hear things like, he's a very good guy. He's too, he's too good that he doesn't need Jesus. Until you'll hear them later on that that person is a pedophile or something. That person is killing people and stuff or doing some stuff behind the scenes. Or they're the one foiling some political war that you see on the surface. You can never know what is in the heart of people by, their, by what they present to you. Which is one of the things I've been meditating on in the past one week. You know, working a secular, working a secular job, I see how people can be crazy. When people look you in the face, they'll be nice, very nice, pleasant to you, and sound as if they care. But they're the ones who are actually plotting your, your, your fall behind your back. And I was saying to my wife, I said, I'm trusting God to help me to trust people. Because the wickedness and the deceit I see in the workplace is shocking. And somebody may be on your side on Monday. If you get promoted by Wednesday, by Thursday, they are against you. And this is, this is 
constant in the workplace. And it shocks me how people can switch all of a sudden and um, be against you, turn against you. So it was, it was quite challenging for me. So it, what I'm trying to say is, you know, somebody is telling you, somebody can even stand as somebody who is giving you some information you did not know about. Did you, somebody was saying this about you. Do you know this and that and that? But they're actually the one who is also plotting your fall behind you. People are, some people are crazy. You know, and it's getting me to really think like, Lord, you're going to really help me. And the best I've decided to do, I mean, when I'm still meditating on this, is just to walk by the Holy Ghost. Live in peace, be neutral, be objective. Don't take sight. Right? Be objective. Do your job and go home. Love people. Speak the word of God. Don't expect people to validate you. Don't expect people, or don't make people the source of your validation, the source of your joy or happiness. Because you, you will end up becoming one of the most unstable and miserable people on earth. Because people are fickle and can yield their mind to anything. Amen. So, that is people of the world, but you find a lot of them also in the church. So, can I also remind you that the fact that somebody comes to church does not mean that they are a follower of Christ. So, bear that in mind. So, this may sound like, okay, so who do we trust? You know, Walk with the Holy Ghost. It will show you, it will reveal to you, it will give you peace with certain people. So that's why you be careful you don't go by charisma, charismatic expression and the, and the charismatic expression of people and how people present themselves to you. I mean, the friendliness of people. So can I also give you another word? The fact that somebody acts nice towards you doesn't mean they are nice. Get that right. The fact that somebody acts nice towards you doesn't mean they are nice. I've come across people who act very nice, they look, you know, lovely, but something in me is telling me that something is not right with this person. Something is not real about this person. And everybody around me is pressing them, everybody around me is saying, so, 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 they're saying wonderful and nice things about this person. But in my spirit, something is telling me this person is not who they say they are. In times that I've not followed on with my spirit, I've been beaten, but I've learned to stay, stick to what my, what my, the Holy Spirit says to me about people. And no matter how much they come around me parading, parading themselves to be nice, I don't want to give a rip. I will love them, minister the word of God to them, but I will not allow them into my space. Don't forget the Bible says that even the Satan and the devil present himself, parade himself like as an angel, like an angel of light. So there's so much lies and deception in our world today. I'll repeat this is not to make us go witch hunting and sneaky about people, but for us to know that we cannot rely or depend on human beings. We have to learn to depend on the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. Amen. So the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit because the world does not belong to God. So the world is a set of people and systems that is anti-God, that is contrary to God, that does not believe in God. Put it that way. Any system, and okay, I think I should also, also call out one thing. Sometimes when the Bible uses the word, the word, it's not talking about the systems of the world. It's talking about, you know, the world we live in, the system, cosmos, the earth. So that's why as a believer, as a Christian, you should be able to differentiate or study to be able to differentiate um, when certain words are used in different contexts and for different reasons. Amen. I'll give an example. When you come into the word of God and you find the word faith, 
Now, there's faith when you believe as a result of just believing, right? Believing in God, believing something. And there's the faith which has to do with our Christian faith. Unfortunately, many believers mistake the two. So, like when Paul was speaking to Timothy about the faith, some people think he's talking about believe faith, you know, like the faith in your mother, Eunice. There's a, there's a lady I was led to mentor at some point who actually could not keep coping. And I, had to, and I saw that she was struggling. I had to let her go. Because in the church I was attending at that time, you know, anything you see in the Bible that is faith, right? She, she believes is something, is about something you believe, believing God for something. But in many instances in the Bible, that word faith there has to do with our faith as believers, our trust in the Lord, our salvation, our Christianity. Right? And there are other things too, like grace. So, you know, when you read in the book of First Corinthians chapter 12, when you hear about the grace given to each and every one of us to do what God is calling us to do, to be a blessing to the body of Christ, the Bible there is talking about abilities given to us to function, unique divine spiritual abilities given to us. The Bible is not talking about the unmerited favor of God, the undeserved kindness of God that we have received in the person of Jesus Christ through what has come to do for us. So the same word can be used in different contexts. The same word can have different meaning in different contexts and the Christian should be able to differentiate that. So bear in mind, so when you see the word sometime in the Bible, you know, check what's the Bible referring to. The word system ruled and controlled by the devil or the world as cosmos, the earth. Make sense? Good one. Uh, so it said the world, people who are not saved, people of the kingdom of darkness. You know, if you want to, uh, you can avail yourself to John 3, 5 to 8 to read more about what Jesus says to Nicodemus. Right, so talking about the world here, we're talking about the world system, people who, be, who are still under the control and the oppression of the enemy. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 that the prince of the air who is at work in the, in the mind of the children of disobedience. The children of disobedience there means the people of the world, people who are not born again, people who are not children of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 refers to Satan as the god of this world. Amen. I'm having fun there. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm still at the very, very intro, right? So pray for me. <laughs> Amen. Now, so the Bible says there that, you know what? The world cannot receive, cannot accept. You know why? Because they don't have the spiritual ability to receive. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. So uh, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. But the Bible says here that, But the natural man, here, the natural man is talking about a person who is not born again. So, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man, the natural woman. I'll come back here, but let me quickly, still on that natural one thing, let's go to the next chapter when Paul was speaking against sectarianism, division in the church, party spirit in the church. Now, uh, let's start from verse 1. It reads, and I, brethren, 1 Corinthians 3, I'll start from verse 1, I'll read down to 3. It says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Now, in the previous chapter, towards the end of that chapter, it caused, the, it caused, it caused something and the natural man. 
Here is referring to a spiritual person. So a spiritual person is different from a natural man. Oh Lord, I gotta explain this. Now, some people, when you say you believe something, or you're Christian, or you're Buddhist, or you are Hindu, so they say, Oh, you're spiritual. Right. So, and kids will hear this thing in school. So a Muslim person will be called a spiritual person because they believe in something. So anybody who is not uh, who believes in something, right? The world will say to them, especially in Britain, oh, you're spiritual. I'm not spiritual. But for the believer, I'm telling the truth here. Spiritual here, we're talking about you being in the kingdom of God. Right? The natural man can believe in anything. You know, I have seen religions who believe in the God of the sun, God of the moon, God of all manner. I get to me. In, in context of the Bible, those are still natural people. Though they believe in something, you, as a believer, you don't consider them as spiritual, right? You know, it's like when people say about the Muslim faith, okay, don't, don't forget, don't forget, get this right, get this right. I was born to a Muslim family, right? I was born into what? A Muslim family. I was raised a Muslim, you know, my mother, my father, at the time they gave back to me, I was Muslim, I was named Islamic way and kind of stuff. So I'm not having a dig at Muslim. But what that thing they say that, you know, we, uh, the Christians and Muslims are brothers is a lie. It's not true. The Muslim believes he needs to pray five times a day. He needs to do certain things for God to be happy with him or Allah to be happy with him. Right? Some probably believe in the same God that we believe in. You want to get that correctly too? Right? Because my grandmother was a Muslim and my auntie, some of my aunties are Muslims and they, they believe in God. The God I believe to, they believe in. But, uh, you know, the, their relationship with God is, I do, God have mercy. But as a believer, I am a child of God. Right. So I am not a slave. I am a child of God. So myself and Muslims, we are not brothers. We're not. Because they want to perform. They are trying to get to God with their own actions. But I am a member of the family of God who has been brought in. And I belong in the family of God. Amen. So when you hear spiritual, um, don't allow people to, you know, to talk you into believing something else about your identity in Christ Jesus. This is very common in Britain, very, very common in the workplace, right? So let's ensure we get our heart. So let's take it further. Still in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, sorry, verse, chapter 3. I'll take that verse 1 again. Say, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as a spiritual people, but as to carnal. Carnal. Carnal then means ruled by the senses. Ruled by the senses. Right. And as to babes in Christ. Now, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. So somebody is asking question, what does that um, babes in Christ mean? When I'm not going to be able to cover that here, cover that somewhere in the future when I'm talking about spiritual maturity or growing up spiritually. Amen. But taking note of that word, spiritual carnal. Now, okay. Holy Spirit wants me to be to be nice this morning. I'm nicer this morning. So now one reason why Paul put their babes in Christ is this. When people give just give their life to Christ, they still have some worldly atti- attributes or attitude on them. So a person who is still act, a born-again child of God, who is still acting like people of the world, right, are babes in Christ. They are not mature yet. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. Eh? I was speaking to one man one day. 
and I think because of my personality, it's quite a strong one, right? Uh, sometimes, especially on, 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 on faith matters. This person can cause strife. They can cause strife. I'll actually name them one of the king of strife. They will, at least the family that I know that they are divided. A grown-up man. So what this man was speaking to me one day because I was hosting them. And he said to me, I'm not a, I'm not a baby Christian. I am not a baby Christian. No man, I'm thinking, I'm like, uh, I'm thinking, what, what, why are you saying that to me? I get, but if we look at his actions, this, this is a word for someone. Well, if we look at their actions, I mean, this person, they are controlling, they are divisive. That kind of person, that I don't want to be around them. Because you have to work on eggshells around them. You know, you do something now, you, you hear it about it in three years' time. That's, you know, you, you did something three years ago. I get it. They can be very, very divisive. Now, such attitude, uh, attitude now this person is born again, spirit-filled, you know, it's a worker in church. But this person, based on what the word of God says, is a baby in Christ because they are still causing problems for the body of Christ and families. So, if you think you are spiritually mature because you've been a Christian for 40 years and you can cause division in homes, you are the one who reports Mrs. This to Mr. That. You are the one who go and take fight for this person. You are the one who go and you are the terrorist of the home and the family. You are not spiritually mature. You should be ashamed of yourself. Without, no, 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 with all due respect. You be ashamed of yourself and go and pray and start reading your Bible so that you can grow. Amen. So as a young person watching or listening to me, if there's a member of the family who is cantacaros, is that a better way to put it, right? And you're thinking, but this person has been a Christian for many years, but, but why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? It's because they are not mature. And that is not for you to go and tell them they are not mature. But it's for you to know that this person has not really grown. So you don't use them as the model or a standard of Christianity. And then point fingers, accusing fingers at Christians because one of us is still a baby, still in your diapers. Because you're hacked, that's why the Holy Spirit has to tell you. I've told you. I'll cover that more of that in the future. But let me try to smash this before we shut down the service this morning. So Paul said, I fed with, with milk. Milk with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. I'm tempted to explore that. Now, okay, let me just touch, touch on it a little bit. Now, a believer, a Christian, who is acting like a natural person, who is ruled by their senses, who will only go by how they feel. So on Monday, if they feel happy, if on Monday they can feel God is happy with them. On Tuesday, they may feel God is not happy with them because the weather is not good. Or they go into a meeting and they, they, they don't see people falling on the floor. So they believe God is not there. Such people cannot receive spiritual maturity. They can't receive spirit, you know, solid food. They can't be stable. They can't be mature in the things of the spirit. So as a believer, we don't go by what we see. If you want to mature, you don't go by what you see. You go by what you are led to see. To what you are led into by the word of God and by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. So bear that in mind. So mind your actions. Mind your behavior. How are you behaving? Some people will remain babies even, for, even if they are 50 years in Christianity. Because they are still thinking and acting like the ungodly. Like the unsaved. So let's carry on. 
say, say, but you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. What a pity. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Now, it even said that they are mere men. It said they are behaving like mere men. So, the bad, um, mere, mere men there also refers to mere women. I mean, ordinary people, natural people. So, I'm trying to help us here to help believers understand there's a difference between the natural person and a spiritual person. Because we look alike, we look, we have the same color, we speak alike, we wear the same designers together. I'm not a fan of the designers for you to, for your information anyway, right? Because we drive the same car. So many of us as believers, we think we are the same, like our own same neighbor. No! The spiritual grounds are different. Amen. The kingdoms are different. They are ruled and controlled by the spirit of the power of the here, the spirit of the word. But I am led by the spirit of God. I am a member of the family of God. I'm not an ordinary man. You're not an ordinary woman. You're not an ordinary man. And we need to get this, we, we need to sink it. We need to get this in our mind and sink it in our mind, that subconscious mind. No, I'm not an ordinary man. So this is one of the reasons why you don't miss church service and you don't miss the meetings that I call for, that I raise. The meetings I set up, you don't miss them because this is where your identity is reinforced. If you miss the conference coming up in coming up next month, you missed. Come on. You know, I don't usually talk like this. But you missed it, you missed. If you know any of your friend who is, I think my wife should put on the, the flyer, flyer something on the scene there. I see. If you know your friend who has been tossed to and fro like the wind, with the wind of different doctrine. This is time to start fasting and praying for them and spiritually invite them to this conference. Because as long as we see ourselves as natural people, <laughs> the enemy can manipulate us. You are not a mere man. You are not a mere woman. You carry the power of God on the inside of you. I'm trying to be myself on a Sunday morning. You are not a natural person. And should not be acting like mere men because if you're acting like mere men and keeping company with ungodly people, you will not be able to receive of a spiritual identity in Christ. So when the Holy Ghost is telling you the truth about who you are, who Christ is, what Christ has done, you can't get it because you're still thinking and defining yourself based on your gold or your diamond pendant. You are still worshipping the created, not the creator. You know, people carry five million pounds brush and they call that the identity and they say, I love diamonds. See, worldliness, romancing and setting our mind on the things of the world, you know, taking our personal effects, personal possessions as our identity or defining ourselves based on our personal effects, the cars you drive, the kind of house you have, the kind of millions you have in your account. You know, these things block your soul from being able to receive spiritual revelation. Because that's how natural people think. They build their confidence, their life on natural possessions, natural accomplishment. The Bible said we should set our heart, our mind on the things that are above where Christ is seated because our life is hidden in Christ and in God. Amen. So there's natural people who are of the world 
of the kingdom of darkness, no matter how nice they are, it's not their, not their fault to some extent, right? I won't go into details of that. And there's, there are spiritual people like you and I. And the Bible is saying to you and I that we should act like spiritual people. So let's go back to um, the previous chapter, which I've covered a few things there. So verse 14, let me take that again. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the truth of God, the truth the Holy Spirit communicates, reveals to us, is not something that a person, a natural person, an unsaved person can know with their mind. So two categories of people, I'm also breaking it out. So let's make it three. Natural man, babes in Christ, or, or um, babes in Christ, which are people who are saved, but acting like a mere man, and then we have the spiritual. So the natural man, you know, they, are, they, they don't even come close. They, they cannot receive it. They don't have the spiritual ability to comprehend it. But the baby in Christ has a spiritual ability to comprehend. It's not left for him or her if she wants to comprehend because now she's been given a kind of the device, a connecting point to the truth, the Holy Ghost, to be able to understand and conceive. And to be able to conceive, he or she have to relinquish or let go of the attitude and the behavior and the canalism of the world. That's my own English, canalism. Amen. You call it canality, but my own is canalism. Amen. Maybe my dictionary will come out in a few years. You need to get a copy. Right. So the, 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 the new convert needs to let go. So the reason why Jesus asks us to disciple people is because being a new convert does not, is not the end of it all. People must be taught. People must be raised. People must be trained. People must become disciplined followers of Christ. Must systematically learning. Be part of a local church. The right church, not a group church, not fraternities. So that they can grow, they can be stable. Amen. Amen. So three types of people, natural, spiritual, and I put and we saw one that Paul described, which is not a good place for anybody to be. Babes. You know. And we don't blame babes, but some people are babes on purpose because they don't want to grow. Amen. So, talking about the truth that the Holy Ghost brings to us, which I'm going to share more with us in the coming weeks or next week, if we're able to make much progress, um, well, we're making progress, amen. But according to my note, right, uh, I'm kind of laying the foundation to help us to see that, you know, there's, there's the world, natural people, they cannot receive. So, and, you know, as I'm led by the Spirit today, or as I've been led by the Spirit today, I've helped you to see that you are not the same person like the unsaved person. So the things you understand, many people will not understand them. And that's why when you talk about some things about the Christian faith, they look at you like you're foolish. But the truth is you are not the foolish one. They are the foolish one because they do not know the truth. All right. I repeat, when you say spiritual things or you share spiritual things with people and they don't get it, provided is in the right context and you're saying it correctly, right? sometimes they, 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 they talk you down or mock you or make you feel uncomfortable. And they try, they can try to make, they can, you know, because most of them are men, they're more than you most of the time, right? So they can make you look like the foolish one. But the truth is this, you are not the foolish one. They are the foolish one. Because they're the one walking in darkness. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I'm going to stop here because we're out of time, right? So please meditate on those verses of scripture. We just, we're still in, um, 
First Corinthians. John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17 is what we're still looking at. Next week, I will go much more deeper into uh, John 16, 12, where we begin to look at, um, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, what Jesus said about him. He will guide you, glorification, you know, we glorify him, um, what he declares to us, you know, and there's, there's more to share with you guys. So thanks, guys, for... Um, taking your time to come to church today, I should. You guys should be thanking me for coming, for showing sure up to bless you as well. Um, yeah. I'm kind of proud, right, of myself. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can feel, make it, you can say, yeah, you're proud of yourself. You're, you're a arrogant pastor, whatever. I don't give a rip. Amen. Amen. It's my duty. It's my job. I'm gonna do it and be proud of what I do. And as you go about also sharing the gospel with people, be proud about it. Be confident about it. The world would like to box. The, the world would want to box us into a corner, into a position of uncomfortability. You know, I read in the book of First Timothy chapter one verse. Is it seven? Where is it? Is it First Timothy two seven or one seven? You should, uh, where Paul, Paul said Timothy said God has not given us a spirit of fear. I think it's two seven. Let me put it. First Tim, no, Second Timothy is it one seven? Uh, I can't find that. Yeah, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Now listen to the next verse. It said, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. So where Paul was speaking to Timothy about the spirit of fear there, he was in respect to sharing and standing for the truth of the word of God. Right? The world of, so the world will want to cower you, want to intimidate you, make you feel uncomfortable so that you can look like them. But you got to be confident about it that the spirit that God has given you is spirit of boldness, spirit of power, the spirit of love and of sound mind of power. You are the one who is on top. You are the one who's got things working for you correctly. So don't allow anybody to communicate lies and deception to your mind to make you uncomfortable or feel uncomfortable about what God says you are. Amen. So guys, uh, remember to connect with us on Wednesday for Transformers Connect. Uh, I've been talking to, we've been, we've been sharing things about finances in families and homes. You know, some sensitive money matters. And um, I want to encourage you to join. You, you, you should join those meetings. You should join those meetings. I, what we share in Transformers Connect are things you would not naturally kind of really hear on, um, on Sunday service. Some things I can't share here because they are sensitive, right? And people may not get them in context. But in Transformers Connect, because it's closed, there's no stream live, right? I can, I can go into much detail you know, and I take time to explain and people to ask me questions and we go around the table and explain things to one another until we get it, right? This is, this is where we do church. This is where we live life and more things are going to come later on. Hopefully by God's grace, next week we should be starting our new location. Uh, we've not shared address and details yet because we don't know when we come up during the week. Um, we're doing some inspection to do. We're supposed to start this week, but next week, please pay careful attention when I'm speaking. Ensure there's no distraction going on there. Please pay attention. If, okay, let me, let me hold it there. Right, so next week, um, if somebody asks me, but how come your background is different? I may feel offended because you're not paying attention. Amen. Right, so next week we should be meeting we start meeting in person uh we're gonna run a few weeks to set up before we kind of open the door for people to come in when we need to want to understand what we need and how things should be done 
um, when we feel a little bit settled, right, then we can we'll open the doors for you guys to start coming in. And um, but if you feel you want to be you want to be a part of setting up and getting us settled in this new facility, please reach out to me. And then if you live in Milton Keynes, reach out to me, and then we can see how for the first two or three weeks they're about see what we need to do you know do some demo and stuff like that amen yeah. uh what is that then our podcast comes up on thursday at eight o'clock i'll view yourself to that you know you would, you're not able to join live um you know set a reminder to watch later on and um, it will really bless you so don't forget to go in the description box right now let's say right now click on the registration link for the conference right now. Amen. Don't be surprised. When we say we have limited seats, I know what I'm talking about. We have 40 seats. Okay, let me be very honest with you guys. We have only 40 seats. But I've made provision for 50 tickets. Amen. And so far already, I think at 12 is gone. Right? Um, I did, did it, okay, you may see 10 or 8 on the event, right? So I've told, so those families should go and register right now. Right? Uh-huh. Um, it, it's more it's it's more because we want to minimize um distraction and ensure that we create an atmosphere where people's identity in christ is reinforced amen, amen? amen. i won't say more than that with the lord help our understanding all right god bless you guys um enjoy the rest of your week you're dismissed thank you <laughs>